0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. This is episode 12 and my name is Adam. Today I'm going to be going over a question that I got on Instagram. The other day I put up a Instagram story question poll type of thing and one of my followers Simon1228, he, he put his question as, what is, oh actually let me just look at the exact question, sorry. Sorry about that, everybody. I feel like I'm always doing this. The, uh, the research process when looking to buy a card or what to buy next. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. So welcome back to everyone who listened to the first 11 episodes. And if you are a new follower of the podcast, welcome. If you're not following me on Instagram, it's Heroes for Sale. I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you have either seen me on Instagram somewhere or you've heard the podcast before and you've heard me talk about on instagram and that's where i put a lot of the content that i'm producing uh so for today's episode we're gonna get going on today's episode, I'm basically going to break down three different sections of how I'm looking for cards and how I'm finding cards to do research on. Uh, it does Not necessarily if I'm going to be buying them, but it also kind of helps, I think, with your overall process of noticing maybe when a card is undervalued or noticing if there's a card that you want to add to your personal collection and Uh, seeing where the pricing might fall if you think that maybe you want to wait for a card to buy. So first off, we're going to start with how I find players. So this one is, is a little bit tougher, I guess, just because the way that I'm finding players can be random at times or finding different cards. Like just for an example, I was... The other day was the 19th anniversary of the famous Vince Carter dunk when he dunked over the French player in the – I think it was the World Cup or the Olympics or something. But Vince Carter, so I was like, oh, I don't know about Vince Carter cards. So I looked into it. Uh, His cards are from 96. I think 90 – no, no, not 96. Uh, Sorry, let me just look. But so I was looking into these Vince Carter cards, and that kind of got got my interest sparked where I didn't know uh, Vince Carter uh, – his cards are from 98. Sorry, everybody. So from 98, that got me interested in kind of Vince Carter's career trajectory. Like, So he's been in the league for so long, and he's probably going to retire this year. I think that he announced that he was going to retire – I don't know if he's going year to year now, but I know everybody is kind of speculating he's been in the league for over 20 years now. And he's definitely – I, you know, I think he probably will be a Hall of Famer because that will be an interesting maybe debate. I mean he presumably has the top – probably top two – two of the top ten plays, iconic plays in NBA history. And I was talking to – uh, for life basketball cards on Instagram, and he also has a podcast, so you should definitely go check that out. It's on Spotify, uh, talks about anything, cars like he's really into Pokemon right now. He's been telling me, dude, you got to get into this Pokemon stuff. It's uh, I actually just sold three Pokemon cards on eBay, which is interesting. Uh, that's not part of this episode, but uh, I was talking to him about like iconic. Iconic moments in sports and if that's going to translate to potential return on an investment uh, in the future. So like Vince Carter was basically – I was thinking like I saw that one play and then I remembered obviously he had the between the legs and, and then he had the one where he stuck his elbow in the rim. And it kind of got me thinking like I wonder if other, other players who have moments in history where they – Moments in history where they're... Kind of, they're they're going to go down as iconic... And maybe they won't go down as like a top 50... Or a top 100 player... In the history of the sport... Um, but like they have these top... 10 to 15 moments in the sport... That I think... In any dunk list... You're going to see these Vince Carter dunks... From now until the end of time... They're the most... I think they're probably... I'd say they're probably the most iconic dunks... Like maybe... Maybe not plays... But they're definitely the most iconic dunks, some of the most iconic dunks, like top five. I I can't really even think of – like you, you probably have the Nate Robinson dunk and the Nate Robinson dunk. You have obviously Jordan from the free throw line. That one's going to be in that list. You've got the – you probably you probably, the the Blake Griffin dunk, even though he didn't really dunk over the car, but he's still like that's an iconic moment. Him they pulled out the car on the thing. Probably you're gonna have the battle between uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, Levine, Levine that one year where they just went back and forth, got tens and tens and tens. But like for me, that those Vince Carter dunks are they almost started a movement. Like he he started. Doing dunks that people had never seen before. And I think he really jump started an era that people were like, wait, you can actually tr- do this stuff? Like, and that's where, for me, I was looking into his 98 uh, Topps Chrome card and then his Topps Rookie card. And I've been developing a take that I think, I think for newer collectors or newer ba- fans of basketball who didn't collect as a kid or are just new into collecting. Uh, I think that the brand equity like so the Tops, like Tops is going to hold a little bit more value in the future when there's a new set of collectors coming into the market because of how many in that like late 90s, early 90s, basically from the 90s to the 2000s, like that era which just had so many different products and cards that I think the Tops are going to be for me at least where I will be buying just because they're gonna be the most brand recognizable in my opinion I don't know that's not exactly um that's just an hypothesis I have based off of seeing older brands kind of still uh, be be popular uh, kind of over time so basically where I'm getting at is Vince Carter basically led me to looking into like then that made me think of like players who just had like a flash in the pan where it was like they had iconic time periods during a short time period where they never really panned out but they were like the it guy for however long. So that got me thinking like uh got me thinking of another basketball player, Jeremy Lin, and then then Jeremy Lin got me thinking of Freddie Adu. And then Freddie Adu got me thinking to rolandinho So you see where kind of my thought processes going around, it's not, there isn't, it's harder for me to tell you which guys are going to be cards that I'm looking into just because for me, it's sort of random at times. Like I'll be, I'll just be looking and I'll see like, just for an ex- another, another random example, like um, I saw I forget. Some account posted a Joe Montana tops ninety or uh, it might have been eighty four. I don't remember the exact year. But then, but then that post, I went to that person's thing, and then I also saw a Steve Young USFL. Okay, that one was the eighty four. So the USFL eighty four set, which then got me to go to eBay to check out uh, to check out that uh, card, and I, I mean. That, cause that's a card that just – I couldn't even – it was like – I think it was like $10,000 for the 10, which is absolutely insane. But – so back to my original point. It's just – it's sort of random, unfortunately, and it's hard to – it's hard to point someone in the correct direction of saying, this is, when this happens, you should look into this player. For me, it's just like I'll be – I'm interested to look into any player essentially or any athlete. Like another example – Uh, I was looking into tennis cards like two weeks ago. And here's kind of another thing that I – I don't know if people are going to like this that much. But you have to be willing to spend time doing research that might lead to you seeing that the card isn't worth it, if that makes sense. So for me, I was looking into Serena Williams' tennis cards. Like she is the Michael Jordan of women's tennis essentially of this era – She's the LeBron James, she's the Tom Brady, she's the, uh, I guess, Mike Trout, I guess, I don't know. But uh, she, so that, her cards are part of a set that was like, during that same time period, that was just, I think it was, I think it was 93, which her and who was the other player there was oh uh Djokovic I think were two cards that were part of that same set that were rookie tennis cards like their first cards like there are there was a sports illustrator for kids card which I don't know that when I saw that I was like whoa that's taking me back pretty far because I, I just remember having stacks and stacks of those cards getting those sports Illustrated for kids in the mail and just having all those the posters all over the, my walls and having the cards just littered all over my all over my room as a kid, like, that threw me back, but, you know, I spent, like, two or three hours kind of doing research on tennis cards, and now, I still think, you know, I have, my intuition is telling me that the iconic players are going to have demand in the future for cards, so, I look at a player like Serena Williams, and it's like, there's no doubt she is going to go down as the number one tennis player, women's tennis player of all time. Like, and she's also done a lot for, like, outside of the sport, so culturally. Like, she's also married to the co-founder of Reddit, which I don't know if many people know that. Like, the co-founder of Reddit and Serena Williams are um, are married, which is pretty cool. But you have to be willing to spend the time to look into tennis cards in order to find cards like the Rolandinho cards, which I bought, which I'm going to be posting about on Instagram probably soon. I so, like I said, I was looking into these Rolandinho cards, and that kind of uh, got me into looking into soccer cards a little bit more. If you've been listening to the podcast... Or if you have followed me on Instagram, you've seen me blabber on about soccer cards. So I'm not going to blabber on about why I think they're a good, good buy, because they are. But the icon-level players that I am looking into. So Rolandinho, in my opinion, is one of those top ten players probably in the history of the sport. In in soccer, at least. Um, as a kid, I just remember he was he was like the guy like he was on the cover of FIFA he was uh, playing for brazil he was just he was a beast he played for I think it was Barcelona, and he just was he he was so good like he just had the most ridiculous ball skills of all time and you know something that I thought was interesting was like i I followed him. Briefly, while he while I was younger for soccer, when I played soccer, I had a little bit of interest in it, and I Rolandinho was like the guy, so I knew about him. But like then, I kind of shifted away from being interested in soccer, and that what led that what from that I didn't follow the sport as closely as I did when I got into college, and then I mean, especially now, it's now I'm following it a lot more, but. So in my head, I was like, why, like, where is he? Like, that was something that, like, I didn't, I, I didn't know. Like, I was interested because I was like, he was so good. And I remember him being like an iconic type player, but where did he go? So I watched some YouTube videos and, you know, he kind of, some of the, the some of the YouTube videos that I saw, uh, he wasn't as focused on soccer and kind of that's where his, career kind of petered out a little bit and now he's sort of making a comeback As from what what i saw in the videos he's a uh an ambassador for barcelona i think so that's what led me to think that he's kind of getting a little bit back into the limelight i also you probably have also heard me talk about followers on instagram and why i think that matters so he has 48 million followers on instagram lebron james has 40 i think 49 or 51 i think he went up but regardless so like he, he's an iconic player who isn't really in the spotlight right now, but still has just as many followers on Instagram as LeBron, LeBron James. So that's what got me into looking into his cards a little bit. So the second part of this process is how I'm finding the cards. So the first segment was how to find the players and how I'm looking for players but then the second segment is now going to be how i'm finding cards so there's a couple different locations that i like looking if i'm looking for cards so the first one usually i'll go to check out my cards com c you've heard me that's another i these are i love com c because it just has they have the biggest database for cards and i bought in cards there i sell cards on there uh do some flipping here and there you probably see me post about it on instagram so i'm not going to uh, go on about that. I think check out my cards is probably going to deserve its own episode because of how, like, how often I use it. But so that's that's where usually where I'm going first. So I'll go to the go to check out my cards. I'll search the player's name and then I'll sort by oldest card because that's going to show you where like the rookie cards are. You could go by newest if you're looking for like autographs and stuff. But I'm more interested in rookies, uh, like base rookie cards, like autos. I still, I'm not. It's not my thing. It's they're a little bit too expensive for me. Like, you know, Bowman autos and just like autos in general, like it's not exactly my forte, I guess. I haven't looked into it as much. Like, I think Bowman autos are a little bit easier to look into, but then when you start getting into all autos and every single product, it's just crazy. Like National Treasures, if once I start I want to do some more research on autograph players but in national treasures i think is where i'm going to try to start looking at some autos because that's at least from what i've seen is like the gold standard of like rookie uh rpa so like rookie player autographs i think that's, no rook, rookie patch autographs uh so yeah comp c that's where i'm going finding these base cards so i'm going to use i'm just going to use rolandino as this example because i did end up buying some rolandino cards Um, And I got them for a pretty good price on eBay. And actually, what it was funny. What happened was I put in an offer to one of the sellers who was selling the particular car that I was looking for. And he had like six of them. I put in the offer. He accepted the offer. Put more cards up. I put another offer in. He accepted the offer. Put more cards up. So I ended up with like 30 of these cards. And uh, the the way that I kind of got to this point was I searched Rolandinho rookie cards. And sometimes it doesn't come up, and but like if you're looking for like – like I had a, another post about Messi and uh, Ronaldo. If you look for their cards and you type in like Messi rookie cards or Ronaldo rookie cards, you're going to come up with uh, – so Cardboard Connection is a, another great website that has – I mean they have – like I don't even know how – their articles are so in-depth, and they basically have – sorry, I'm just making sure – Cardboard Cardboard Connection. So they're on Instagram, Cardboard Connection. They're always posting about their new articles. But, like, they have, you know, their Instagram here says the world's number one resource. And I would I would say between that and COMC, they're both, they're so close between which one I use the most. Like, if I'm looking for product details, like, I'm going, that's where I'm going. And I, I think also they do a great job with SEO. So like their articles whenever you type in any products they're coming up first they also have like any player you can think of like if you're looking for an Otani rookie card or you're looking for like Mike Trout rookie card or you're looking for an Aaron Judge rookie card or anybody they have articles on like almost every single player in the league so their articles are popping up basically so I'm going there. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to get more information on products. Trying to get more information on like the rookie cards themselves, and they do a little write up on why this one is maybe better than this one, or what kind of um, just a little bit more information in depth than just kind of looking on on eBay. Um, so then, and this is so this is actually a new tool that I think is super interesting that. I just recently found, so if you go to, so PSA has a population report, which they show all of the cards that they have that are graded in their system, and that's where I get a lot of my, I mean that's where I get all my graded card information, like if I'm looking for how many Bluka PSA 10s there are, there's over 5,000 by the way. Uh, that's where you go. But something that I didn't realize you can do is you can type in a player's name rather than the product because what I was doing was I was typing in the product. So I would, instead of looking up Luka Doncic, I was looking up uh, 2000, 2018 Panini Prism, and then you bring that product, product up, and then from there you would search Luka Doncic again in the search. And I think this is taking away one step, and it also is laying out all of the like, rookie cards that you can find. So, like I said, using Rolandinho as the example, uh, he has a card from 98 that's, like, a sticker that is for his very, very, very first team, which is a team that I'd never heard of, unfortunately, and I don't remember the name of the team. It was, like, the... I don't I don't know. It was a Brazilian team, I think. But then... Then that led me to finding one of his cards from 2002, the Stardom world stars i think it was a panini product but like so this this was the part that was interesting to me about these rolandinho cards there is this set that came out in 2002 that had players from different sports all around the world like it had like tennis it had uh soccer it had basketball it had football actually maybe not football i don't think it had football but it had like Uh, hockey, uh, baseball, there was 800 cards in the set. And Rolandinho has a card in this set. And if I could have found this card from 2002, this would have been the card that I would want to... This is the card that I want to buy. It's from... It is the earliest card that I could find of him wearing a Brazil uniform. Unfortunately, since it's an 800-card set that was a world stars set they basically are non-existent like i couldn't find this card anywhere and when i went to psa it only has one graded card there's only one graded of it ever so that was interesting to me so that's why i was like ah oh, damn i want to find this card but it literally i would search for it on ebay search for the set it's not on a Com c it's not on ebay it's not anywhere so that leads me to my second card. The second card that I'm looking at is the 2003. Uh, let me find the exact name. I just recently bought it the other day, so it's not going to be that hard to find. I just got to go go to my purchases. Purchases, the 2003, uh, uh, Foot, Frera World Soccer Card, and. That is – he's wearing a Brazilian uniform, so I'm guessing it's a world product. So when I was looking into uh, F- uh, Futira – I don't know how to pronounce it. I should have uh, should have figured out how to pronounce it beforehand. But regardless, it is a card that's owned by Onyx, I believe. Uh, Futira cards. Yeah, it's owned by Onyx which is a card company, you know what, actually I, that's right, okay, so it is owned by Onyx, the company itself, and they still make soccer cards, so that's something that was interesting to me, I went to their website, and that was where I was looking for, looking for more information about the company, because I hadn't heard of the company before, so yep, they're owned by Onyx, and from 2003 so it's technically not a, it's it's technically I don't know it's hard to say because you know y- you would say the rookie card is going to be the first card from a player from when they played and 98 – well, 98 was a sticker, technically. And then 2002 was the first year of these Ronaldinho cards, but you can't find it. So I, I basically what I did was I found this card that was the first card that's obtainable. And obtainable is even – I'm even putting that in a little bit of quotation marks because, like, I'm the only – and I, I don't know. It's a – I'm the only person that's bought this card on eBay in the past, however long eBay tracks, so four months, whatever. And I just got them in today, actually, which is pretty cool. And I went through them. Most of them are in pretty good condition. And and they also only had one card graded to this card. It's a nine. So if I'm sending in any cards, I only need to send in one card, and I own 50% of the population of this card. So that was kind of – that was an interesting proposition to me because I said – in my head, I was like, Rolandinho is an iconic type of player, and if he has this type of popularity already, and if there is any type of soccer, soccer um, in the future, I think what has to happen, and I said this on my Instagram post that I posted about R- R- uh, Ronaldo and Messi, was that two things have to happen for soccer cards, or one of the two things have to happen. I was talking to Aaron from Slavstocks, and we talk about soccer cards occasionally. And I asked him the other day, I was like, so what do you think has to happen for soccer cards to become popular? And he basically said either cards have to become popular in Europe or soccer has to become more popular in the US. And for me, I was like, oh, okay. So I think, e- I think if both of those things happen, th- the market's going to explode. And if you're buying soccer cards now, you're buying it for cheap. Like I bought th- – like these cards – from two thousand three, which I got them, and they're actually like surprisingly, they're in great shape. Like I would say fifty, like fifty, fifty percent of the cards, like fifteen of the thirty that I bought, like are have no scratches on them, and like even the ones that have scratches are like very tiny, small scratches. Which was, I mean, for me, I was very surprised that they came in such good condition, and I'm excited to send them in to see if I can get any tens on these cards because then I'll own the only tens of this specific card. So I'm still searching for this card from 2002, and I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever find it, but we'll see. So the third segment of today's show is basically – and I'm trying to stop saying it's basically about because it it, it just – it is about. Like it's not basically about. It is about. It's about how to find the pricing of these cards. So – I'm not going to use Rolandinho as the example for this one because there are no graded cards. So I'm going to use, let's see, who's a player I've looked into recently? Um, let's just use Vince Carter. I'll use since I used him as an example at the beginning. Excuse me. Beginning of the episode, I'll use him as an example for the end of the episode. So Vince Carter. I went to first of all, what I'll do is I'll go to Com C, find the card, 1998 tops, tops chrome, and that's usually what I'm searching. So I'm searching. 1998 tops, Vince Carter. First, that's what I'll search, and I'll find all the cards that are ungraded. But if I'm going to be buying cards from that long ago, I'd say it's probably better to buy them graded. Uh, That's just my opinion. You probably will pay a little bit more than maybe you're looking to pay for a Vince Carter card um, or – Anybody else from that era, like KG is another example, or like Tim Duncan, you'll probably pay like a little bit more for a little bit for a smaller amount of volume, but like you're getting the assurance that you're getting the top card on the market of that player of that specific card. So, first, what I'll do is you got to look, I'll look at the player and I'll see all of this, all of the listings, and then I'll go to completed eBay sales, not just. I'll go to the sold items, not just the completed items, the sold items. Because basically I want to see how often this card is selling. And that will kind of give me an, a good indicator on the uh, the popularity, uh, the demand potentially in the future. Because if this – if like – I don't remember off the top of my head how, how often these cards were selling for Vince Carter. But like if you're seeing – three four five six to ten cards selling a day from these players from the 90s like i think that's a really good sign like something that i would look into so like another example like so the Shaq to 1992 tops rookie card doesn't sell as often psa graded 10 obviously uh but that's another thing. You want to look into how many of the cards there are by looking at the PSA report. So, like, obviously, if you're looking into a card that only has a hundred you're probably not going to see it sell as often as, again, I'll use Luca as the example. There's 5,000 10s, so you're seeing two to three to four selling a day. Like, you could sell—you could see 50 being sold in a week. Like, it's it's— his volume is crazy compared to most players, and you're all you're always his cards always sell. So if you if you buy his card at like sixty bucks, I almost one hundred percent guarantee you could flip it for eighty, like because it's eighty is like where it's being sold at. So you go to those completed sales and you see like where kind of the range is. Sometimes it can be all over the place. Like when you get up into the cards that are like four to five hundred range, like that's where you're going to see a bigger difference. Like, again, I'll use Luka as the example. Like, you're really only seeing cards for Luka sell between 80 and, like, 65. Those are kind of That's kind of the range of where I've seen Luka cards. But, like, the upper deck PSA 10 Shaq card, I've seen sell for 400, but I've also seen it sell for 500, and I've seen it sell for over 500. So, like, you're seeing kind of a difference in range that way, which is good. I I don't know. It's it's not good or bad, I guess. Let's just put it that way. But like it's just you're going to see a lot of cards that don't have high volumes of PSA graded cards are just not going to sell as often, so you're not going to be as it's not going to you're not going to have as many examples to kind of prove that you got a good price for it. Uh another example, I got a Christian Pulisic soccer card. So basically where this is coming into most effect I think is with soccer because a lot of these soccer cards, you're, there aren't a lot of them. So like you're basing a lot of sales off of off – of, you're basing what you want to buy a card off of minimal, minimal sales. Like, like the polistic card I was looking for, and I was looking for it around $40. That's what I wanted to spend on one of these PSA 10 select 2016, I think his rookie like that's the rookie year of his cards. Uh he also has a Don Russ and an optic rookie card, but I you know, I went with the select because I think it was a little bit higher in volume and I felt like I didn't want to spend as much on the Don Russ, I because I was the volume was way lower. Like this one I think has a hundred tens, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head. I think a hundred and sixteen tens. I think that's what it was. Or it could have been less. It could have been in the fifties. I don't Well regardless. It didn't sell that often, so I looked at a other card that I bought, which was the Mbappe card, and I said, okay, I'm spending 40 on that card. I want to spend 40 on the Pulisic card, so somebody put one up for 70 and they said best offer, and that's where I kind of want to put in a little bit of a lower offer of what I wanted to spend, and then they put up a higher offer, uh, and it was more than 40 but it wasn't the 70 That's what I'll say on these cards. Uh, If you want to DM me about the price, actually, no. Yeah, I bought two of them and they were $45 a piece. That's, I think it's pretty fair to the, you know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I don't think, I don't know if the seller is listening to this, but if the seller is listening to this, I was the one that bought the Plisic cards from you. Uh, So thank you. I appreciate you for selling them to me for $45 a piece, which that was really nice of you. Uh, And you're just not seeing higher volumes on these cards being sold, so you have to determine whether you think it's a good deal. And this is also kind of going back to the first segment when I was talking about intuition and kind of realizing why you think a card is worth what you're going to pay for it. Um, that's you're, you're doing the same thing when you're seeing when you're buying a card that doesn't sell very often, and that's hard to. That comes from doing a lot of research. Like I I think realistically I'm putting in – I mean I want to say like I'm doing research on players 50% of the time. Like 50% of the content that I'm making is about doing research about the specific product and pricing and then uh, putting kind of a hypothesis out there into the world about the specific card. So like I don't want to say that you – you know the thing. The thing is, you can easily spend a lot of money and waste a lot of money on cards. And I don't want to like. For me, I didn't buy any cards until I was like I had done like a year's worth of research. Like I didn't spend money on high high price cards. Like I did some comp C buying. Like spent like twenty dollars here, thirty dollars there. But like realistically, I wasn't getting into spending cards that I was looking to invest in until I had spent like almost a year kind of doing some of this research. And like, that's obviously maybe it's a little bit of an exaggeration and maybe like if you could go back, maybe it's, it was eight months, whatever, but it's, it's not something that you want to just hop into and say, this is the card. This is it. Like real, at least for cards that don't sell often. That's the thing. Like if you're buying, if you're buying Luca, like, you can see all of the prices of the card. So you're not you're not going to be buying a card that you don't know the price of. So like – or I don't know. Any card basically – any card from the past three years essentially. You're seeing the volume sell so you know the price. So you know what you want to pay for it. But if you're going to be looking into players like – a, I, I bought in Kobe cards, but I made sure – like you can look at the pricing of the Kobe cards and see that – some of them are selling for a lot more than I would be willing to pay for them but some of them are are right around the same kind of right around the right around pricing that I would be looking to buy and you just want to be careful that you're not going crazy and spending all your money on a card that you know maybe you spent a little bit too much and you know it may have value but like it may be, maybe the value gets up to what you spent on it and then you kind of you lose you lose out on a little bit there that's it for today's episode, everybody. So I want to say thank you again for listening. If this is your 11th episode, you're the real MVP. If this is your first episode, the, the 11, the, all the 11 episodes are there for you to listen to. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pressuring you to listen to them. You know It's your choice. But if you enjoyed this episode, I think you'll probably enjoy the other 11. And if you enjoy the other 11 and you tell a friend, and if all of you tell a friend, we just doubled the audience. I know I said that on the last episode. I think I may just Andy for Shella, I'm going I think that's something that he he that's his thing, but you know, it's a great point. It's, I can't argue with that. If if every single one of you listeners listening to this episode tells a friend about the episode or tells it, your tells your friend about a podcast, we just doubled we just doubled. And then if their friend does that, doubled again. That's just math, everybody. So yeah. That's it. Heroes for sale on Instagram. A Palmer Media on other Instagram, A Palmer Media on Twitter, Adam Palmer on LinkedIn, I think. I think it's just Adam Palmer05 is maybe the link. I don't know off the top of my head. I should know. I just changed it recently. But I think it's just it might just be. I think it's Adam Palmer05. Look LinkedIn. Producing tons of marketing, sports, business, marketing stuff on there if you're interested, and not just cards. If you're interested in any type of other type of marketing, you kind of take a look there. Um Just put up a a pretty cool post about the original LeBron James, the chosen one, um, the chosen one, Sports Illustrated cover. They just put the the auction for that specific jersey, the one that he wore, is up. I posted that on LinkedIn. If you want to take a look, drop a comment. If you like this episode, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be great. If you want to save and follow on Spotify, also great. Uh, I also will be bookmarking the timestamps of all of these, and on Spotify, you can click right on the, you can click, just click right on the time, and it brings you right to the thing. So maybe you don't want to listen to how you find the players. Maybe you want to get right into how you find the cards. You're just gonna click on the timestamp; it's gonna bring you right there. Maybe you're just interested in pricing. Click on the timestamp. That's on Spotify. Don't think they do that on iTunes, but I'm gonna put the timestamp so you can skip forward if you want to. I don't suggest skipping forward. Because I'm sure there's nuggets that you'll want to hear in the whole episode. Yeah, so that's going to be it for the episode though. So everybody, I'll see you on the next one.